first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodafar Schaller. Hey everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we are going to talk about It Came From the Desert. Oh my. Um, but before we do, uh, we should probably say something about the fact that you are able to see us if you're watching this on YouTube. It came from your basement. That's right. Uh, thanks to our uh, generous Patreon sponsors, friends of the show. Uh, we were able to buy some audiovisual equipment to bring our podcast live to you in video as well as audio form. So don't worry, we're still going to make the audio version available for podcasting. But uh, if you want to watch us, uh, I don't know why you'd want to, but if you, you do, <laughs> uh, then um, we've got this here for you. So uh, we're going to start things off with some listener feedback. Uh, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage. Uh, sent in a message and he said, Hey guys, O'Brien's is now distributing the Swedish magazine Amiga Forum here in Norway. Hope you can mention this for your Norwegian fans. And so uh, Amiga Future, if you're in Norway, uh, you can check that out. Uh, I guess O'Brien's, you can pick that up at O'Brien's. Is it Amiga Forum or Amiga Future? Amiga Future. Future. Oh, wait a minute. No, that's not right. Amiga, fo uh, I think I messed up everything already. Uh, this is Amiga Future, and this is a magazine that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Amiga Forum. Let's try this one. That's the same picture. All right. Pretend that has different letters in it, and it's a different magazine. Get ready. We're going to throw it up there. Did not work. Anyway, Amiga... Uh, Amiga Forum. Check it out if you're in Norway. <laughs> Video. Awesome. It's 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 perfect already. Um, and uh, I guess O'Brien's is going to send us an issue of Amiga Future. Beautiful. In the post soon to review. Isn't so. it in Swedish? Well, Amiga Forum is the Swedish one. Amiga uh -huh. Future is the one that's in English. And you actually have a news story about Amiga Future sure. later on. Um, actually, you want to talk about that now since we sure. got it up? Uh, I guess Amiga Future, uh, uh, when they sell out a issue, they basically will let you view it on the internet for free, the old interweb. And so uh, the the uh, issue from I believe August 2012 apparently sold out, and so you can uh, go to a link, look through the magazine. I had a quick glance through it. Again, you're talking a four-year-old magazine, but you know we're talking about a 20, 30-year-old computer, so. Some of this, most of it's pretty pretty relevant. Uh, it's not in PDF form. You just sort of have to look at the pictures one at a time, you know. But I mean, it's free. It's nice of them to do it. So if you're interested in this sort of thing, check it out. Yeah, um, we had some feedback from Bill Kendrick on Twitter, and he was talking about uh, we were talking about the various ports of Shadow of the Beast. Yes. And uh, you were wondering how the Lynx port of the Shadow of the Beast was, considering that Shadow of the Beast is such a graphically intense game, right. how it could handle it. And uh, he said uh, the uh, Shadow of the Beast port on Atari Lynx is actually quite kick-ass. 
Uh, so I, I checked out some screenshots and looked at some video, and it does look good. I mean, the, the parallax is there. Obviously, the detail on the animation for the enemies is, 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 is a little is, bit scaled is down. This the, is this the Lynx uh, video right here, the picture? Right. This is this. So it's is, got the, I like the fact that your life, you know, the life bar, I, I wonder if that is longer in that version. That's <laughs> what you need in every version, a life bar that goes all the way across right, like that. Right, right. <laughs> and um, I think that they probably did scale down the difficulty uh, on all the subsequent versions. Um, and uh, speaking of uh, Beast-related games, I declared adamantly last week that Shadow of the Beast was a pack-in game for the Sega Genesis. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I thought that was strange. Well, it turns out I was dead wrong. Oh, yeah? Uh, the original uh, pack-in <laughs> game for the Sega Genesis was uh, Altered yes, Beast. Yes, that I remember. Yeah, Altered Beast. I thought maybe Shadow it was like a, a, a Mega Drive European release. Right. Something like that, but yeah, Altered Beast, yeah, that was that was definitely was a pack in. Yeah. My, my, hey, one of my kids' favorite games. We, oh, we cool. The, yeah, we play the we play the hell out of it. And Altered Beast was an arcade port, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's the one we play. Yeah, so thanks, Dreamcatcher, for pointing that out. He's mistake catcher. Yeah, absolutely. Every week. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of other mistakes, we talked about Chewitz last week. Do you have any recollection of this I conversation? Do I do recall, yeah. A so, sponsor, I believe. Yeah, so Chewitz, whoa. Um, Chewitz <laughs> right are, here. yeah, they're very large. Um, we have uh, many different flavors of Chewitz, it looks like. And uh, I said they were uh, like Starburst. And there were quite a few people that pointed out to me that that was incorrect. Really? Uh, Chris Folds, Dreamcatcher, and Barry's World. I have a feeling all of these people live in the UK. Barry's entire world yeah. pointed out your flaw. <laughs> uh, they said, um, Chewitz, I guess they taste kind of the same, but more chewy than, so, than, than, than Starburst. Because we, we said that maybe Chewitz were the same that as would Starburst. That the name. And uh, what's funny is that... Um, Starburst do exist in the UK. They were originally known as Opal Fruits. That name um, stinks. Well, it's funny because one of our UK listeners, I, I think it might have been Barry's World, said that Opal Fruits was a much better name than Starburst. He thinks that's better. Yeah, I have no idea why. I don't know what an Opal is. It's a jewel, right? Is that what it is? Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, I guess it's not too bad of a name. Starburst, is that a great name for a kid? Who wants to eat a fruity jewel? Let's not even talk about that. <laughs> Best left unsaid, then, yes? Um, so, anyway, Starburst, uh, to make their branding more global, uh, they changed their name to Starburst, and now it's Starburst all around the world. Okay. I, I noticed that the uh, they've got Starburst Opal Fruits all in one pack, right? So that's Right, right. So when they were going through the branding change, they have Starburst, the new name for Opal Fruits. I see. Yeah. A wise choice. Yeah. Now, it looks like there were strawberry milk-flavored opal fruits. Milk, you say? Is that what Milk is not a fruit. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. Maybe it's strawberry mix. Or milkweed. That, yeah. that would be sort of a fruit. Kind of. Of course, that would kill you, wouldn't it? I think milkweed's poisonous. Yeah. yeah. So, don't, don't make that. Don't make that. Uh, in other news, uh, Tim Cook has subscribed to us on YouTube. Tim Cook? I'm not exactly sure if it's the same Tim Cook as Apple's Tim Cook. Oh, jeez. But I like to believe that it is, and I like to believe that he's a fan. The thing is, with a name that obscure, it's got to be him. <laughs> right. How many Tim Cooks could there be? Um, moving on, we got some feedback on YouTube. We got a lot of feedback this week. Beautiful. Um, is it good? Yeah. Beautiful. This is uh, from Tito Santana. And he's, oh, the wrestler? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Is he I a wrestler? Him. Yeah. Okay. okay. Are you kidding? Tito Santana, he, he, he lost the Intercontinental title to Macho Man Savage. 
Via foreign object, I might add. Really? Oh, yeah. Tito what was Santana. the foreign object? Uh, I believe uh, Macho pulled a, uh, a roll of quarters out of his tights uh, and plucked him on a belly-to-back play out of ooh. the into the ring. Ooh. So Tito was actually a great worker, and he worked for a long time. He was around forever and ever in WWF and probably still wrestles today. Well, that's cool, and he's so also an Amiga him, fan. Even better. Yeah. He says, hi, maybe you can help me. I can't remember the title of a game I was looking for. It's about photography. The objective is to take snapshots of moving witches, ghosts, creatures, etc. as best as possible. The stages are all horror style and at nighttime. And the concept is just like Operation Wolf, except the cursor is a rectangle that sna- takes the snapshot. Sounds like a cross between Pokemon Snap and Chiller. So, <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember Chiller? Yeah, it was the Chiller. Exidy game that was like, like crossbow. Right. I wonder if well, that's not taking snapshots. Right, then. but that's right. where Pokemon right. Snap comes in. You right, see, it's a cross between the two. So, if anybody has any idea what that game is, I'll have to ponder that. Yeah, I'll... then let us know because uh, we'd like to check it out. It sounds cool. Mm. Uh, coming up next, there is oh, a yeah. new level editor available for the classic title Turrican Two. Um, and uh, I guess it, it runs under Windows, and it, you use the, the files from the CDTV version of Turrican 2, which I didn't even know there was a CDTV version of Turrican 2. Did you? Um, well, the CDTV was sort of like a, kind of a glorified A500, so mm-hmm. I, I suppose they could have made a specific one for Turrican 2. It's, I mean, when I read this news, and I, when I saw you put it up, I was just like, Wow. A level editor for Turrican 2. That's a huge deal. Yeah. If you're into Turrican, I'm dying to see what this looks like. I have not got to play with it yet, but it's definitely on my list. Yeah, yeah. I, I was looking at some video of the levels that people have put together. It's pretty amazing. Um, are, are they all huge? That like, They last for 100 hours like yeah. the real ones do? <laughs> I think that's one of the improvements that they've made. I hope they, no one can actually mess with the music right. <laughs> anyway. Well, all the, all the levels that I saw had that classic music on it. Very good. And speaking of the Turrican music, there is a brand new Kickstarter. This this is a must. Yeah, right? Turrican 2, the live orchestral album. <laughs> Absolutely. Chris Hulsbeck. Um, and uh, I was looking at this. Uh, the other day, I know that the it is the the total is larger now. I think it's above forty thousand mm-hmm. out of seventy five thousand. Beautiful. So uh, and that's I, early on. Yeah. yeah, there's still fifteen days to go. So I feel pretty confident that they're going to be able to take this thing to to. We the may bank. have to back this boat. Yeah, this is this is. I mean, Turk and two. Are you kidding me with an orchestra? Yeah, and it's going to have. Uh, it's going to be nearly an hour long. It includes uh, the most popular pieces from Turk and two. Um, and uh, there's, of course, just like with every Kickstarter, there's a bunch of different levels. Uh, if you want to get just the downloadable album with a PDF, you know, booklet, yeah. that costs you 15 bucks. Oh, not what bad. a deal. Not bad. We're in. And uh, if you want to get the full, you know, uh, they, they have a package with a vinyl record, all this other stuff. Of course, you got to pay more for that. A but vinyl record, yeah, you say? Yeah, yeah. That's right up your alley, bud. Well, it used to be until I sold all my records. Do you still have your record player? I still have my record player. Maybe I can dust it off Man, just for Turrican this thing. too. That would be pretty cool. I'm telling you. So 15 bucks is the, is the jump on board point for the download. Right. That's a bargain, folks. Yeah. Get yeah. on out. I mean, I'm. we've got to do that. Yeah? I mean, we've got to. I think that we should, and we, we should review do it that. for the show. Absolutely. And hopefully, I wonder, did they say who they were going to get to play it? Uh, yeah, it's actually, it's a it's a European orchestra. Should be. And uh, I, I want to say, I can't remember, but it's a, yeah, some Eastern European, I want to say Lithuania or something like that. 
Um, you well, know, outstanding. You, you, you got to think about. I know a little bit about this from my background. Um, it's so difficult to get recordings made from U.S.-based symphonies because they're all unionized, and the, the residuals <laughs> that you have to pay out mm -hmm. um, are incredible. Really? Now, it's good if you are in the orchestra, like the New York Philharmonic, because like the London Symphony, they get residuals. Everybody that plays on that record, every copy of Star Wars that gets sold, they get they get some scratch. So they're making bank. Yeah. So yeah. what? So you think the Lithuanian? So these guys, take yeah, out? these guys probably not, because otherwise you wouldn't be able to charge fifteen bucks for this. And thing. you know they're gonna whoever they get, they'll probably get a good quality orchestra. Yeah. To get to throw down. Oh yeah. And and you say this is the the the, the kickers on seventy five. It needs to go to, get up to seventy five thousand. and that what it was. That's right. They're gonna. They've got to get past. Yeah, that. I think they're gonna blow by. We it. urge you. Mm -hmm. We want to hear this music played by an awesome orchestra. So if you're out there, go go jump in, man. And the last piece of news we've got this week is, um, it looks like a red square on our news. You want to start talking about Bedrooms to Billions while I try and find this? Uh, sure. Thing? Bedrooms to Billions, the Amiga years. Uh, just released a trailer. I Have you uh, got a chance to watch the trailer yet, Boat? I have not. I have watched, of course, because you know me. Um, it looks good. It looks very good. Now, I've not seen uh, uh, Bedroom to Billions um I have not uh, uh, looked at what it is. I mean, I know what it is. But I haven't seen the flick. I've, seen, I've, I've watched some other stuff on it. But the trailer for this looks like it'd be uh, solid stuff. It looks professional. They talk to all the, you know, they talk to everyone they should in the trailer. They've got the classic footage, you know. So I would give this a shot. It's, uh, I'm not sure if they've released an exact date it's going to be out. But if the trailer's out, I'm assuming it's not too too long in coming. Right. Um, but it looks good, and hey, more Amiga. Oh, we media. live we live in such a golden age when it comes to stuff like this. You know, we <laughs> we really do. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, here here's this computer so old, and not only are we getting new software, we're getting new hardware, we're getting, uh, you know, the chance to listen to stuff played by orchestras, which is all. I mean, who'd have thunk that? Right. You know, Turk and two. Uh, but now we're getting the chance to see all these great documentaries. I don't know if you ever saw. Like, um, it came from Atari. I like that's what it was called. The one that uh, uh, Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Atari. Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, the uh, the guy that did it was uh, Howard Scott Warshaw. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was low budget, but it was excellent. You get a real inside scoop, and I'm hoping this is going to be something like that, where they really get in there and get to the nitty gritty yeah. of what happened. Because you know, you hear if you if you listen to this podcast, you probably are well read into the subject. Other people have gone on through histories and whatnot, but you know. There's almost always a little nugget that's that, that can be turned over. They're talked to the guy that no one's talked to. There's always a second story, you know. So hey, the more of these they can make, the better. Yeah, but it's it's a it's an awesome time to be into the Amiga. I, I noticed on YouTube just sort of a mini explosion of uh, people covering the Amiga. Uh, one of the guys from Retro uh, uh, Retro Asylum is doing a, a game by game on the CD32, which I really enjoy. There's another guy that did. A history, a history of Amiga, of Commodore's Amiga's rise and fall, which I just watched, it was really good. So there's a lot of good stuff out there, and uh, this looks like it's going to be a, another great uh, addition to the Amiga story. Cool. I can't wait. I can't wait. All right, well, that's all the news for this week. Would you like to comment on this week's episode? Did John and Aaron finally make their first mistake? Leave us a comment in our blog at amigospodcast.com. Who was that guy? I have no idea. <laughs>
All right, so uh, we're going to move on to some site news. We got some site updates that uh, you might want to check out. Ooh, site news. Um, over at amigospodcast.com, we got it's Robert, place to be. Robert Peak listener, sent in his Amiga setup that he's got an A500 with an Amiga monitor. And uh, he's got a Supra Drive, which is a 20 meg external hard drive. Supra. So, yeah, Supra. Yeah, they were a big deal back in the day. Real big deal. He sent in his uh, a picture of his setup, so check that out. And, uh, of course, Dreamcatcher is uh, always writing up some great yes. articles. Yes, uh, he's yes. got one on this uh, Amiga's Dumbest Criminals, an interview with a, a pirate. That You know, I, I found that just tremendous. It's hilarious. You know, and, <laughs> and, and what I liked about it was, and, of course, Dreamcatcher... This guy must have some stuff plugged directly into his head to come up with this. He must look through many hours of magazines to find this little nugget. But the guy, you almost feel, you understand this guy's plight. Mm -hmm. He's not even a gamer. He's just trying to feed his family. And so he's got to pirate these games. It makes, you know, it's a difference. There are copiers, and then there are pirates. And this guy's a straight-up pirate selling, of course, this is, what, 93 when they interviewed a guy or 92. So, you know, God knows what he's doing now. But, I mean, it was it's an interesting article. And Dreamcatcher, again, he dug it up. Yeah. Uh, he also wrote some articles about a, a couple couple of quick reviews. He did a uh, review on Dennis the Menace, uh, which is a game that neither Aaron and I even, I didn't even know it existed for the Amiga. No, I, I, I've not seen that one. Um, and uh, it is apparently unbeatable due to a, there's a certain jump in well, the game that you can't get and, by. Well, that, that, in fact, is the, is the uh, crux of the piece. An article was written by a gentleman uh, who's mentioned in the article, and he lists a bunch of games that cannot be defeated. And uh, Dreamcatcher goes on to say, well, hey, wait a minute, I remember defeating this quite easily. <laughs> and he goes back and does it again. So this article the guy, fell, the guy wrote about these games that are undefeatable, he at least screwed that one up because apparently it's quite defeatable. You can Dream, defeat it Dreamcatcher <laughs> took it to school. Um, and then he also wrote another great review of another terrible port, uh, RoboCop, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, he made a good point, and I don't know if he was quoting another source or not, but uh, RoboCop, I'm sure nobody thought it was going to turn into the hit that it was. Mm. And, you know, so the ports were probably done very quickly when they realized it was a blockbuster. And uh, there's just, you read things in there and they just make you wonder about Ocean, especially <laughs> yes. because, you know, they did the Adams Family and it's a great game, but they did so many games that were just terrible. They, they love the movies. There's yeah. no doubt about that. You know, here, uh, quick fun fact I've never seen Robocop. Uh, I'm probably the only person on Earth. And I've read a lot about it. And of course, there's been a lot of games made about it. <clears throat> And I had not played the game. I believe the game he was talking about in that case was a C64 game. Uh, but uh, uh, it's funny how many games that's oh, <laughs> yeah. all across the the uh, consoles and the computers. And it's funny, too, because the movie is shockingly violent. Well, I, I'll, and, I've know, read that, that was a, they did that for uh, to prove a point. It was, yeah, it was very over the top to, to prove a point about, you know, violence and culture or whatever, but it's it always m makes me laugh when I see games like that, or, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street or anything like this. These are marketed to kids, you know, <laughs> yeah. seven or eight year old kids, and um, it's just it's just funny. And it, it, um, but anyway, check that out on the site, Robocop, uh, the backstory of a, a horrible port. I love the animated gif he's got, too, of, the, oh. uh, of Robocop destroyed, like, they're going like, <laughs> Um, and finally, uh, we've got a full playthrough of Maniac Mansion. Um, 
Chad, uh, he, uh, my buddy Chad, our buddy Chad came over uh, on Tuesday. We had the day off school. Some of us had the day off. Yeah, Chad works for the, he works for the government, so he had the day off. And uh, we uh, played through the whole thing. We plowed through it. It was a two hour and 20 minute slog with a walkthrough. So um, there were some frustrating points, uh, we, um, but we managed to overcome our difficulties and complete the game. I will say it was worth it. Uh, I really enjoyed the ending. And um, you don't have to watch the whole thing. Skip around. There's some, there's some good stuff in when there. Gonna, when are you going to take on the sequel, though? Oh, Day of the Tentacle? Did that come out on the, on the Amiga? You know, I'm not even sure. Yeah, I know it, it was a... It come out on the Amiga, sure. Well, I don't know. I know it was a huge DOS game. Yeah, that's, why, that's where I played game. it. Yeah. So oh, just a quickie did... What did you think overall? Thumbs up on that one? Yeah, huge thumbs Have up. Have you played Maybe the uh, other ports? Uh, I played bits and pieces of the, the Nintendo port, the DOS port, but I never got very far. Um, that because, seems like it'd be difficult on the well, Nintendo. Well, you get, you, you get stuck because uh, if you get captured, you can't really die. Well, you can die in the game, but what happens often is you run across family members either randomly or not so randomly, and they lock you in the dungeon. And so the first thing that you do is you get captured on purpose with a guy you don't care about because you control three characters. Then when your second guy accidentally gets captured, there's a hidden stone that you push. Useless guy pushes the stone, which opens a door so you can escape from the dungeon. Mm. I never knew about that because I didn't have the walkthrough before, and that made the game so much mm. less frustrating. Mm. Mm. So, I'm looking forward to watching that. I'm going to set through the whole thing just for fun. Good, good. You can put it on while you're, you know, just laying around the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that is the end of. The oh wait, s- oh. it's not the end. What, what else do you? Got? I don't think we've done a show since you did a full upgrade of the site in general. Oh yeah, you need that's to go true. into that. So uh, if you haven't been to amigospodcast.com in a while, uh, you may want to check it out. Uh, some of our older content was almost undiscoverable. I mean, I had a search <laughs> box up there, but you really only got six or seven stories, and that was the end. Well, um, I, I installed a few widgets that will show random posts um, on the left-hand column on the right side. You can see every single game that we've written about or that we've talked about. So if you want to quickly see everything that we've done on Zool, you can find it. Um, and uh, there's there's a ton of content. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff out there. Uh, check it out. Comment. You know, leave some comments. We we want to hear from you. Yeah, we don't we don't we haven't really pushed the site that much, but uh, boats uh, reimagining or whatnot is is great. So if you're into if you're into our show or just news in general, we all the news that we talk about plus extra stuff gets put up there. A lot of the live streams we don't go into too much on this show that boat does. And occasionally I'll come over and do one or him and Chad. They are all up on there. And so there's probably a lot of content on there you didn't even know about. Yeah. Unless you frequent it. Yeah. I, I try mean, to I try to put it all up on Google Plus now, but a lot of that stuff happened before I had the Google Plus account cooking. So. Right. Uh, I think the latest live stream that I put up today was one for the Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, Chad came over on the same day that we did the Maniac Mansion uh, run through, and we we played through a bunch of Amiga superhero games. And I'll be slowly trickling those out over the next few weeks. Very good. So you guys are like the Cal Ripken Jr. of 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 gaming that day, just the oh, Iron yeah. Man. Just all the way Very through. Very good. He came over at about nine and left at about four. He's a patient just, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing he's got. Um, so that's the end of the site updates. It's time to start talking about the game. Are you enjoying the Amigos podcast? If so, please take a moment to write us a review on iTunes. 
iTunes is how most people discover podcasts, and by writing a review, you'll help us get to the top of the retro gaming and computing section. Thanks! All right, Aaron, it's time to talk about It Came From The Desert. It did. What came from the desert? It. Oh. Now, this game has quite a, a pedigree behind it, right? This is kind of playing on the strengths of a, of a, of a classic genre of film, wouldn't you say? Yes, absolutely. Um, we had a uh, era in film where the B-movie uh, became prominent. And, and, you know, a B-movie, what is it? Well, norm, a lot of times at a drive-in in the 50s uh, or in 60s and on down, you'd have your double feature, all right? And you had your big movie, then you had the B movie. The B movie was the secondary movie that the quality varied from eh to total crap, you know? And I mean, unbelievable garbage. And what was big in the B movie year in that time was the atomic, everyone was into the atomic bomb and whatnot, and so giant creatures were a, a thing, Uh I mean, you know, there were giant leeches, uh, which is a movie I saw. Uh, uh, the giant rabbits, Night of the Lepus, if you're a Lu- yeah, it's Lepus, isn't it, Uh Was another movie. Giant yeah, isn't that a werewolf? No. Uh, when no. you get lupus, do no, we no. turn into a no, werewolf? No, no, that's, that's lycanthropy. Oh, okay. Oh, jeez. And then you've got, but what this uh, particular game was based on, you know, loosely, was a, uh, a film I haven't seen, but I know of it, which is called Them, uh, with a big exclamation point at the end and it was a it was a movie about giant ants you know so you can see where the the jump was made from the silver screen to to the game and so the uh the uh, guys at cinemaware of course the the fellow that owned cinemaware was a you know he was big in hollywood and his goal was you know as it's pretty obvious was to make a lot of classic hollywood films into games or interactive movies, or however you want to put it. And so you had your, like he liked Robin Hood, so you had your Defender of the Crown. He liked uh, samurai movies, you know. So you had uh, the the, uh, the samurai game, which I'm trying to think of the name of the darn thing. Um, help me out here, Bill. I didn't even know there was a samurai game. Sure, yeah, they, they did a samurai game. I'm trying to think of the name of the darn thing. Um, it'll come to me. Um, they, they also, of course, Wings was sort of there, which there was an old, old silent film called Wings, or, and, you know, which was about airplanes, like airplane combat. So you can see that what was going on here. And so to, you know, to add to their roster, of course, Rocket Rangers, another one. Uh, but, uh, this was the perfect thing to add in, uh, was a movie about giant ants, a B movie. And really to say it's a game about giant ants, not really. It's a game featuring giant ants, but it's more about the entire genre of the B-movie, the entire uh, um, feeling you got from these, the the, the way they were presented, uh, the way the plots worked, because a lot of these were the same, you know, uh, sort of like Godzilla in a way, you know, there's a, something's going on, what is it, you know, let's go investigate, oh, you know, we found you know, whatever, atomic rocks or, you know, God knows what. And then you see the first encounter and it builds and builds and builds into a big uh, climactic battle. And then normally in the movies, the beast is vanquished and, you know, you go on about your lives. In this game, uh, the beast isn't always vanquished. (laughs) He will vanquish. (laughs) More often than not, you are vanquished. Yeah, the uh, beasts, plural, 
uh, are are much uh, are much tougher than your average B movie creature. Uh, they don't want to go down. And so, with the premise of the B movie in mind, this game was made. Uh, it's an interesting game in that I guess you would describe this as like uh, uh, it, it happens in real time. Uh, the game starts off. You you play a a a, a professor who's investigating a, a a meteor strike in the desert in this little town, and uh, you're on a clock, and the clock uh, runs all the time at an accelerated pace. So there's morning, there's noon, there's night, there's afternoon, and everything in between. And so you've got to sort of manage your time, right, to to try to get to the places you want to investigate, to try to. Uh, uh, talk to the people you want to talk to and to also try later on in the game to uh, keep the uh, hordes at bay and you know until you've gotten enough time to find out where you need to go to, to for the climactic end of battle. Mm-hmm. So a lot of thought had to be put in this game uh, to make to make it work. You know it's not would not be the easiest game to to produce. Um, the uh, the game, you know, this game ran on the OCS, so it was a you know it was pretty plain Jane game. That, uh, when it came out, it didn't require any major additional stuff. Um, the uh, the fellas behind it were like we're, me and Bo were talking on the live stream. Uh, a lot of these guys didn't do a ton of games. They all and it's pretty much they all did Cinemaware games, and not even that many. Uh, the coder uh, Randy Platt and Tom McWilliams. Uh, they they all worked on this and the sequel or the uh, add-on the disc add-on which was, uh, came from the Desert Two Ant Heads. Uh, they both worked on TV Sports Football, Rocket Ranger, and these are the things that come up with all these guys. Uh, the graphics guys they worked on pretty much the same stuff. You know, add a couple like one worked on boxing, but pretty much Wings, Rocket Ranger, Land of the Rising Sun. That's what I was trying to think okay. of. Um, so. But that's pretty much what these guys worked on. They pretty much all worked on this. They all worked on Ant Heads, which is the sequel. Most of them worked on Wings. And that's pretty much all they did. I mean, for the most part. So my first thought is, why didn't they make more? Right. <laughs> because this is a pretty good game. Yeah. Wings is a great game. Uh, TV sports, football, eh. But the guys that worked on basketball is good. Rocket Ranger. So they had a good pedigree. They just had a, you know, they just didn't do a whole lot on the Amiga, uh, which is a shame. Uh, it was a three-disc game. One thing I noticed about this thing, and I remember this from back in the day, is that uh, uh, the game would let you use extra drives, which I always like because you know, there's less swapping. And also, you could uh, you could install some hard drive, which is nice, you know. So that because that was also sort of a. Sort so of you a, wouldn't if you installed. It's not like now. I meant to ask you this before on the show, but I, I, I haven't yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you install a game on the hard drive on the Amiga, you no longer need the disc at all. You don't need to put it in for it to check anything or anything like that. Sometimes. Now, here's the thing. Um, when I, when I, most of these games were out, I did not have a hard drive. So my experience, it's not like now where you could just put a you know WHD load on there and you're good to go. Uh, I'm sure some of these games had a disc check. I don't remember personally installing this on the drive, uh, so I'm not sure, but I would wager that some of them probably would have you put the disc in to check it. Uh, a lot of these the games, the discs, I know like this one, for example, it tells you right off the bat, copy discs two and three, make backups, because those are the ones that are the play discs. Mm-hmm. One probably has the introduction, 
to preliminary loading and probably has the because uh, I believe this thing had a manual check that was ripped out. I'm pretty okay. sure it did. So, so they probably used the manual check and sort of dispense with the uh, with the actual with the actual uh, uh, you know copy protection on the disc. Um, the uh, the game was very popular. It was not ported a ton, which I, I mean. This is not the easiest game to port. Uh, there was a DOS version, which I've not seen. Have you ever seen the DOS version? No. Um, there was a uh, uh, TurboGrafx-16 CD version. Now, I've heard good things about this. I know it's different, but not entirely so. Uh, I've got a TurboGrafx-16, but I don't have the CD version. I, it'd be fun to get. So it's, on my, it's in my list if I ever get a chance to get a CD version. I'd like to try it. They were working on, and I'd heard about this, and I'll explain why in a moment. They were working on a, a Genesis slash Mega Drive version of this, and apparently it was either finished or incredibly close to being finished when it got canceled. Hmm. Now, the only reason I knew that before I started looking into this episode was because I had been nosing around on Cinemaware's site. Now, we've talked about Cinemaware's site in the past, and uh, it's it's a mixed bag to say the least. Yeah. It's it's hard to find stuff on it, and, and but anyway, nosing around there, I found an, an ad for uh, a pre order of the of the actual a new version of this. Now, the new version was going to be a Genesis like ROM release. Mm -hmm. A price wasn't announced. Graphics are shown. The website's still up if anyone wants to look at it, and we can we can put a link to it. Um, the pre-orders started in 2014, and I and I checked all over the place, and also uh, the wiki says it sort of reinforces what I found. It's like really nothing's been said about it since, and apparently no one knows anything about it. So I don't know if the if the, they just stopped working on it, if they decided the ROM wasn't in good enough shape to release, you know, if it's taking pre-orders. I don't. I have no idea, and I'm assuming this is the same arm of Cinemaware that's selling, uh, you know, the Definitive right. Crown the, Ultimate Super Elite Edition. Mm -hmm. that, you know, that should be coming out any day now. Maybe. Uh, but uh, um, you know, if we get if we get our buddy back on, we should probably mention it because it seems like he mentioned something briefly about yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. And something. And what got me is on the <laughs> on the same page that they're taking pre-orders for that. They're uh, they had a uh, a link to the Rocket Ranger Kickstarter. Which has been long gone for, for years. Yeah. Well, there's you know? a lot of stuff on that page that is uh, a little bit out of date. It's a, uh, I guess you know, Cinemaware is probably you know they're they're even they, I'm sure they would say they're a shell as far as their personnel of what they used to be, and uh, but they 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 might want to get somebody on their their website and just kind of clean things up a little bit. Yeah. Well, again, they sort of have a couple websites. That's the yeah. thing. That, you yeah. Know, they've got the new. It's like retro.cinemaware.com and cinemaware.com. And right. yeah, it's kind of a mess. It was called the uh, It Came from the Desert Action Game Extended Cut. Okay. Now, from what I've heard, just from nosing around, the, the Genesis version of this was going to be drastically different, more uh, action y than the, uh, the CD, the uh, Amiga version. Uh, so, you know, who knows? And I, I got a feeling probably one of these days we're going to see this, but. The gimmick they had up, uh, this was going to ship with a, uh, it's a limited edition series, hard case shell. It's going to have a cartridge. So this was going to have the Genesis cartridge. 
manual poster, you know, the kind of stuff that, that so like I said, a lot like uh, a lot like Defender of the Crown was going to have. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I hope it comes out. You know, I'm, I wouldn't hold my breath, but you never know. You yeah. know, so, but if we... If we get our buddy from Cinemaware back, we'll have to uh, give, give him a shout-out. Sven, if you're listening, give us a call. Yeah, we give us a minute. We, we want to push your game. Um, I thought this game was was interesting. Um, I don't know that I'd call it a good game. Um, mm, okay. I thought it's unique. I've never played a game quite like it. It's different than the other Cinemaware games. I think it's better than Defender of the Crown. Oh um, my! Okay. I I was not a huge fan of Defender of the Crown. Um, the The art is gorgeous. It's gorgeous. The locations, everywhere you go, you know these aren't cookie cutter things. They they really did a good job. When you go to the drive-in, it looks great. When you're looking around town, it looks great. Um, maybe more would be apparent to me. This game probably shipped with a with a big manual that talked about, you know, strategies for playing the game. Um, but they don't really explain a whole lot about what you're supposed to be doing right off the bat. And I don't know if that's on purpose or they just expected you to read the manual. I will say, I looked at the manual and it was not a, a thick tome, mm. you know. So they maybe they just, just kind of wanted cut, you. cut you loose. Yeah. Now, there are, I guess, random events in the game. Yes. Because there were certain things or that happened. Timed, right. Yeah. There were certain things that happened on our live stream playthrough that didn't happen when we were playing on our own. Yeah. Um, in fact, we, I saw several things I had not seen on, on when I played at home. But just like pretty much all CinemaWare games, with maybe you know, the exception of Wings, uh, the action mini-games, while they look great, uh, you know, if you're a little dude running around in the ants, you know, the top-down perspective, or if you've got the gun in front of you, first-person shooter style, uh, everything is drawn very well. The animation is, is pretty smooth. But the control is frustrating. You know, when you're trying to shoot the gun, you have no reticule. And you really can't even control past a certain XY sort of thing. You've just kind of got to take your best shot. And the targets that you're aiming for on these ants, their antennas, you can hit the antenna. If you don't hit it in just the right spot, it's not going to destroy it. Uh, that's frustrating. Um, now, on the other side, you can't die. Uh, anytime you're destroyed by the ants or anytime you're taken down by the ants, you show up in a hospital. Uh, the nurse says, hey, you know, you got beat up, but everything's okay. She winks at you. Yeah. Looks sexy. She does. You got to wait there, or you can try to escape from the hospital. And this triggers another cool mini game where it's another top-down sort of thing. It kind of looks like theme hospital a little bit. Um, you, uh, you get out of bed, you're running around, the nurses are chasing you, you can hide in other, you know, in other beds, you pull the covers up over your face. It's you know, neat. You know what it reminds me of? If they had, remember that, the, the uh, stage in Three Stooges where the guys are pushing the gurney to the hospital? Yeah. If there was a super overhead view of that hospital, yeah. that's what it reminds, that's what it reminds that's me of. That's very true. That's very Which true. Which makes sense, because yes, that's under Cinemore title. Um, the other mini games, there's a, a plane mini game that uh, you basically take off in this plane and you fly around and you've got bug spray. And I think that you're meant to you're meant to choose this minigame once you know the locations of the ants. Uh, I did not know the locations of the ants, and I flew around blindly. 
uh, without really knowing what I was doing. But I did manage to land the plane. I was happy about that. In the desert. And uh, you, uh, it says that your flying skills have improved, so that means, I guess, that you can do it over and over again. I'm guessing, now, this game shipped with a map. So, if worst-case scenario, having that map stretched out in front of you wouldn't hurt. Right. Given, I mean, it's neat that you can fly over the terrain. They do a good job with it. it again, this sort of was wings-ish, mm -hmm. in a way. Uh, like the bombing raid, right? Right. Uh, but uh, uh, the uh, it was confusing. And if you don't know exactly where you're going, you're just flying around the plane. Yeah. Hoping you get lucky. Yeah. And we didn't know. I think at that it wasn't until a couple turns later when we started to really see a lot of ants on the screen. Sure. Um, and then the third mini game is uh, you are uh, just a couple pixels high. And uh, you're running around in this vast open desert or town or whatever, and the ants are chasing after you. And you have a couple different weapons. You have dynamite. You have grenades. You can call in airstrikes. And um, get the vehicles. Yeah, and uh, but you never win. You either you know. Oh, no, we did. We did manage to well, turn them off at one time. But you don't really win. The ants retreat. Yeah. But you never end up destroying all the ants. Uh, or at least we didn't. Yeah, but maybe it may be possible. <laughs> maybe you too. can. We didn't do it. Um, when you talk to characters, uh, the game kind of assumes a, a first-person kind of almost like graphical adventure game type style, uh, where you're you know you walk up to a person and, and there get there's a text box below it, uh, and you find out different. You you gather evidence. People leave you rocks and pieces of organic material. You take them to a lab for university analysis. That part of the game is also, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in this game. So much more stuff than in Wings. Uh, we talked earlier on the live stream that Wings was, you know, 90% minigame and 10% uh, story. Mm -hmm. Well, It Came from the Desert is probably 80% story and 20% minigames. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you really do get a heightened, you know, as the game progresses, you get a, a heightened sense of tension. Uh, the music is very atmospheric. One thing that's great about this game is there's different music in every location. So when you're in the overworld, you kind of have this foreboding, brooding theme that plays. And then when you go to the bar, I think it's like a honky-tonk thing or something like that. Um, and so each location has different different music. And that 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 you can tell that, they, you know, they really put a lot of, of hard work and effort, and they really believed in this game. Because if they didn't, they wouldn't have gone to that kind of trouble. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, a couple of the other mini-games, there's a, there's a mini-game where you play chicken with a motorcycle gang or a mm -hmm. gang of toughs, you know, straight out of, I don't know, Grease or Blackboard <laughs> Jungle. And... Uh, which so far we're zero for two in the in the chicken game. <laughs> we tried running off the road and we tried head-on collision. Yeah, and then uh, uh, oh, I've never successfully gotten past that. And, and then we didn't talk about the knife fight. It's a knife game, fight, yeah. <laughs> which I'm I'm one for one in that. I've seen that twice, and uh, and since uh, still playing these review games, uh, I one of the things that struck me in this game. Now this is I don't know. I guess this is sort of expected with this type of game, but a lot of times things happen, and then other things have that don't make any sense. For example, uh, when I played a game of this the other day, I successfully killed one of the thugs in the knife fight, and it really never came back up. And it seems like that's something that would come up again. <laughs> there were no repercussions right. for your the, actions. Uh, sometimes characters will talk to you like you've, information has happened that you don't know about. So there'll be like a little skip in the storyline. Sometimes, uh, uh, like for example, in the last game we played, uh, the uh, the professor at the at the lab was apparently killed because he never came back, you know. And so, but when I've played it a few times, 
you could save him and you go out to a farm and you're attacked out there and you could you could you could save him and then sometimes like once I say to once he got killed. So there's that. Uh the uh uh when you're when you're on the mini game where you're throwing dynamite and, and calling in the airstrike, uh, it's kind of hard to tell what, how far you can run away. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that was a problem I had. You end up in the hospital. Well, I ended up in the hospital a lot. And the mini game in the hospital is pretty interesting, but it's tough, real tough. And so far, I've made it to the door, but I've never actually gotten even got out of the hospital. And I don't think I ever, even when I played this back in the day, I don't recall ever getting out either. So maybe we just aren't very good at it. Um, like Boat said, the music's great. The atmosphere is really good. I could see where this could be sort of almost like if, if it wasn't so hokey, it could almost be scary. I mean, they really do a good job of building up the tension. You know, I know in one of the games I played, I had a dream where the ants were in the dream. And I had to, and I fought in the dream. And I woke up like, holy crap, I just saw a giant ant in my dream. Well, you know, that was different. Uh, one of the games I played, the, there's a girl that comes in that you find that her, her car is wrecked. And she knocks me out. And, you know, and this is another skip in the record because later on she comes back. She's like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, wait a minute. This broad just knocked me out. Why am I being cordial to her? You know, so there's that. The graphics really have been painstakingly and lovingly rendered. They fit the atmosphere perfect. You've got your, the radio station looks like a station from that era. The the the, the hospital has a sexy candy striper. She's winking at you. She's got the mole or whatnot. The, the, the girl that comes to your house She's a beautiful redhead. She's sexy. Her dress has a strap torn off of it. You know, the uh, the tufts look like you know, you know, look like something out of West Side Story. The uh, everyone in it looks great. So they really you could and as it's a cinema wear, they always take the time to do it. Um, this game had a uh, a data pack add-on as we mentioned earlier called Ant Heads. Mm-hmm. Came from the Desert Two. Right. I'd say I've not tried it. And I thought, I was going to try for this review, and I thought, you know, that's something that we might do a, a, a Amiga's play yeah. on. You yeah, know? that would be a good one to do uh, on another stream. And so on. we'll probably, somewhere down the line, we'll probably tackle that one. And uh, I can tell you, it's it's funny, because while I'm here, I was going to mention, I, as usual, I looked this stuff up on eBay. Um, this is an expensive game. Uh, I saw more, Ant Heads was never released in the States, okay? It, it was only mail order. It was released in Europe. I found I saw more copies of Ant Heads up than I did that came from the desert. Wow. That surprised me. There was, I think, one or two copies selling in the States. One was way up there, 150 bucks, like that. And I think the one that was more uh, feasible was somewhere in the $75 range. And then overseas, you're looking at really very similar pricing, U.S. dollars-wise chipped. I saw several copies coming out of Germany, but really... It was mostly ant heads over there. And again, I, I, when I say mostly, I mean maybe two copies of ant heads and maybe one copy of it came from the desert currently up. I looked at the history, and these are going for the cheapest one I saw went for um, $70. So if you've got a box copy of this, you're sitting pretty. I'd hold on to it because it's apparently it's a pretty rare game that's getting rare. So, but uh, uh, I've heard good things about the sequel. I. Uh, or, you know, like I said, it's a disc add-on. Now, you had to have the original play it. So, it's sort of a data disc. But, hey, that's another great idea. You know, I wish more games did that. A little extra content. So, that was the DLC of its era. Uh, but, overall, the game is... Um, it was a real gutsy move to make. This would be... Of all the games we've played, 
I mean, there are games that have great graphics. There are games that have great gameplay. There are games that have great game mechanics. This game would be a real tough game to produce, I think, amongst the toughest one. Because just trying to set this set down, and there are so many branching stories. I played probably three or four games of this, full games this week, plus the one we played here. And it really is. It's drastically different uh, every time you play it. I saw stuff I didn't see every time. So there was, you know... There's a pretty decent replay value in there with the arcade parts of it. Uh, so, pretty cool. I, I, I was not as harsh about it as Boat. I mean, I, I don't think this got replay value for days. It's got... You could run through it a few times till you beat it. You can just sort of move on. Unless you're really into the mini-games. None of the mini-games really struck me as particularly awesome. No, it wasn't like Wings, where you got done playing a minigame and you just want to jump right back into yeah, it. Yeah, and I heard there was a... I've not seen it, but I heard there was a fire extinguisher minigame, mm -hmm. which I, I didn't see. So, uh, you know, it's in there somewhere. Now, I don't know if you knew this boat, if you saw it when you were doing the uh, doing your uh, uh, research, but there's actually a movie of this game set to come out, allegedly, this year. Have you, did really? You, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's from an uh, outfit called Roger Pictures. Um, and they started making it in 2015. It's a... Uh, um, I think it's Finnish, the company that's doing it. Okay. The guy making it, and I apologize to anyone that knows anything about the way to pronounce this, but it's Marco Macalaxo. I'm sorry, Marco. Uh, the, is the guy that's directing it? Uh, I've seen I've seen the movie posters for it. It's these giant ants chasing these guys on like dirt bikes. So I guess they're in the desert. Uh, and it's it it recognizes that it is based on the game. They say it. This is based on the game. So uh, at, it's not out yet. I assume it's going to be out this year. So that's kind of neat. Yeah. That I, again, here we are. 2016 and an old Amiga game is getting a film yeah, made about it. You yeah, know? unbelievable. And it's a good film to make, and it's probably going to be a low-budget romp. I mean, of all the games we've played, this would be perfect for a film. They've done half the work. Yeah. Just take the characters. The plot's already the there, yeah. You know, so it should be fun. And uh, we'll stick around on the... Uh, I'm going to dig a little bit further into that super lead action cut ROM set for the Genesis and see what I can come up with on it. I'd like to have a look at it, you know. But... Uh, like I said, I wouldn't hold your breath on that. Save your money. Get the Turk in two. <laughs> That's what I would do. <laughs> All right. Well, next week, uh, I've got an idea. All right. What do you got, Boat? You were talking about Samurai earlier. Yes. What do you think about doing The Last Ninja? Absolutely. You can't beat a ninja game. Yeah. Yeah. Except in that ninja in body blows that screams ninja when he Or moves. the ninja ant. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. You can't beat a ninja game. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh i'd like to thank our sponsors before we leave again it's our sponsors that make everything possible all that you see before you yeah blame them <laughs> uh this is uh we got a new uh sponsor jonas rulo he right. actually was uh he was a fan before but he increased his uh his um his patronage Beautiful. uh so thank you jonas thank you cole bjorn barman mark mcdonald adam bradley chris folds will williams Daniel Bingston, Zach Zimmerman, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Chad Halstead, and Brent Dowdy. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. And uh, until then, we'll see you on the site. Adios. Adios.